Well, hello everyone, and welcome to our latest uh, Topical Port podcast. Um, I'm, my name is Julian Sitharemlu. I'm head of European Market Strategy at Zurich Insurance, and I'm joined by my colleagues Hogan, head of Asian Market Strategy, and Stefan, our structured credit strategist. Uh, so Hogan, you recently published uh, a topical report entitled Will China's Mortgage Crisis Be Contained? that we're going to discuss today. But before we go on to that topical thought that you published just recently on August 3rd, uh, let me first ask you about the topical thought you wrote on a similar topic in November uh, about the near collapse of China's biggest developer, Evergrande. Have your expectations come true, uh, given what you wrote already in November about China's property market? Thanks, Julian. Yes, I think roughly, roughly indeed, uh, that's the case because we wrote that uh, a disorderly liquidation of assets would, would harm both China's property market and bank sector, and it would hit consumer confidence and, and may even raise the risk of discontent. And that the cost of recapitalizing these local banks uh, would be just too big um, of, a, of a thing that is difficult to do. And that in principle, we think that there will be a solution, but over time the property crisis will linger on because this cannot just be resolved overnight, it just can be contained. And in that respect, I think uh, the message uh, developed as we suspected. Hoken, in your uh, latest topical thought uh, that you published just recently on August the 3rd, entitled Will China's Mortgage Crisis Be Contained? You're again writing about problems in China's property market, uh, this time about protests by homeowners stopping mortgage payments because developers are not delivering their homes on time. So what exactly has happened and how do you see things developing? Yeah, this suddenly erupted in some of China's central provinces, mainly in Hunan, Jiangxi and Henan, and particularly in the capital of Henan, Zhengzhou, where protesters not only stopped paying their mortgages and requested that these constructions will go on and will be finished in time. No, they, they even protested, protested in front of the uh, property offices and uh, in front of, of buildings from, from the local authorities. And uh, that uh, suddenly then became a big wave in that it um, that more and more uh, people joined in stopped paying their mortgage and requested that uh, these developers will will have to deliver and actually on in the middle of July there were just 28 projects that were affected and that within just a couple of days, spread to more than 320 projects in, in nearly 100 cities in 26 different provinces, most of them still central provinces. So that was kind of spreading like a wildfire and uh, some some action needs to be taken. And uh, that's something that we the, we will um, elaborate going going on with our discussion. And uh, first of all, did these developments come as a surprise to you? Not really, because you mentioned the paper we had written in November. And one of the points was 
that there is this risk of discontent and exactly what has happened now has been described as a potential scenario in our November paper. So it, it exactly followed the, the, the script that we had published in November. And um, I think one of the concerns when you read various commentators talking about these issues is that some of these sort of localized or regional events could develop into a nationwide uh, property crisis in China. Is that something you see uh, as likely? Well, I think definitely there was the threat because um, these protesters, they they have written open letters, many of them published on social media. And it was it was kind of spreading like wildfire, as I uh, as I just alluded to, and uh, the government became aware of the threat that this could be a nationwide uh, property crisis uh, if more and more people join in. And the the point is that not only those that are affected uh, because their their homes are not being delivered, but also those who intend to invest in property that they refrain from investing because they are just afraid of that these things will happen to them as well. And then the whole property market could collapse. And that was the 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 fear that the government had uh, for good reason. And what they what they did is uh, to try to avoid spreading of these uh, events and these fears and, and kind of like if there is a wildfire in the forest, they, they build these forest ales to to spread the wildfire from from moving on further. And that's what they did. And uh, they they uh, f found uh, some some ways to calm down the situation. And um... Uh, I mean, we know that in China, the government is often sort of very present in the property market and intervening in various ways. So how has it reacted to these latest developments? Yes, they actually they reacted quite quickly and the, the, the central government ordered the local governments to act. And what they did is that first they unlocked these frozen accounts because those protesters who uh, uh, had started to stop their their mortgages, their accounts were frozen. They had no access at all to any any uh, uh, money that they that they needed for uh, for the daily expenses. Uh, so th these these frozen accounts were unlocked. And what they did in addition, they provided an amount of uh, fifty thousand yuan renminbi. That's roughly about 750 US dollar to those people so that they could uh, move on. Um, and what they also did, but that was already before they cut the mortgage rate by a total of 35 basis points and they enabled uh, access to the mortgages, which is maybe even more important than uh, just cutting the, the mortgage rate. Uh, so so that it is easier to get more juices. And on the other side, they the local governments, they uh, got punished for for misbehavior because, for example, the local governments, they were probably misusing these escrow accounts and they were providing the money in the in the escrow accounts at an early stage to developers. 
uh, even when it when the money was not due. And uh, this this kind of misbehavior definitely has been punished, and also misbehavior by the banks, by the local banks, has been punished. Uh, and also the PBOC, the, the central bank, provided liquidity for all those banks that were affected on a local basis, on a regional basis. So they've so they've clearly taken quite a, quite a lot of action. Um, do you think these the problems are now resolved, or do you think more needs to be done? Resolved, maybe for the moment. I, I would say it's more of these problems have been contained, but not that they have been resolved because the the principal issues still prevail. Uh, but they have taken quick action and they have uh, calmed down the situation. Um, they argue that 99% uh, of bank savings are safe. And they argue that there's only a tiny fraction of mortgages that have been affected, which is which is true. But as I explained before, this this could be spreading. So they have contained it for now, but the, the principal problems need much more time uh, to get resolved. And all parties have to be involved, local governments, the central government, um, the banks, and, and, and of course, the, the, the big and the small uh, developers. Uh, but that that needs time. That will be that will be something that will linger on for for years. So so something that's going to be with us for a while, but uh, but maybe uh, sort of relatively contained. And uh, turning to to you, Stefan, uh, from our credit team. Um, I mean, how much do you think uh, this bad news is already priced into Chinese credit markets? And how do you how do you see things evolving from here, specifically in in Chinese credit markets? Thank you, Julien. Uh, China property sector was and still is a very large part of China credit sector, especially in high yield, with issuers from the property sector weighting more than half of credit indices. Funding is for sure key for many companies and especially for real estate developers. We experienced already many credit events in this sector, including defaults, mispayment, or maturity extensions. We think it's a good reminder for investors that they need to do their credit assessment and be able to take into account each, each uh, issuer's individual credit quality and fundamentals. For the time being, we had a cheering in credit markets with a massive underperformance of the real estate sector for both investment grade and high yield indices. But we think this is something we need to carefully monitor because if the weakness of the real property sectors undermines broader confidence, the issues could become more systemic, impacting the entire Chinese credit market. Thank you very much, Stefan. So it's clearly something that we need to keep an eye on uh, going forward as well. Well, um, thank you, Hoken and, and Stefan, for uh, your thoughts today. That's very helpful. And I would recommend also that people read the topical thought. Uh, Will China's mortgage crisis be contained? It's uh, published on uh, zurich.com forward slash MSME. And uh, uh, with that, uh, thank you very much and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.